0: Well, today's a very special weekend. We have a guest speaker with us. His name is Pastor Doug Clay. He's a pastor, he's an author, he's an international speaker. He's also the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God, that's the fellowship we're a part of, and he's the most senior leader in our fellowship. In other words, he is my boss's boss's boss. And he is here with us again, he's been with us before, and he's here to share our word with us about the Holy Spirit and how we can encounter him. Would you help me give a warm Westover welcome to Pastor Doug Clay? Hey, good morning, Westover. Can we do something right off the bat? Can we give Jesus Christ a hand clap of praise on this, his, Lord's Day? Absolutely. And all morning I've been thinking about that verse that says, this is the day the Lord has made, I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Aren't you glad that joy is a choice? We get to choose to be joyful. And joy doesn't necessarily have to be hitched to circumstances, but joy can be hitched to our relationship with the Lord, and He is the giver of joy. He's the source of joy. So, wow, what a privileged opportunity to be here at Westover Hills. Thank you. For not just being a healthy local church, but a church that's having a global impact. Even now, Pastor Jim is over in Tanzania training thousands of pastors and helping churches go to their next level of effectiveness. And I want to thank you, Westover Hills, for having a heart, a compassion, and a desire to see that everybody has the right to taste and see that the Lord is good. I got to tell you, I'm in in a different church every week, sometimes a couple times, large churches, small churches, rural setting, urban settings. Uh, Here's what I can tell you. When it comes to leadership, you've got the absolute best sitting right down there in the front, and Pastor Jonathan and Danae, I just salute you guys. I thank you. And I just want to know, or I just want to declare to you, your pastor wears the coolest shoes of any pastor in the Assemblies of God. Come on, give it up for his Nikes he's got on today. If they're size 10, be very careful, because it might be a donation to his bishop right here. I'm just telling you, those are some sweet kicks. I just love them. Well, I want to talk to you, I want to kind of, pick up along the line of the frequency series that you've been in and the work and the person of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit and you and our relationship with Him. You know, I think sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't always get the accurate amount of time or the appropriate amount of attention that He needs in the life of a believer. We all get God the Father, We all understand God the Son. Uh, Sometimes we're a little uncertain about God the Holy Spirit. Now don't be too hard on yourselves because early Christians didn't either. The Bible says in Acts chapter 19 that when Paul was touring through Ephesus, he came upon a group of new believers and he said, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. The other thing I've discovered about the work and the person of the Holy Spirit is he is really best understood when he's experienced, not just explained. Aren't you glad that you can experience the Holy Spirit in your life? So, the big idea for this morning is this the Holy Spirit is not an it to be debated, he's not a ghost to be feared, he's not the idle member of the Trinity. But he's the third member of the Godhead that when you said yes to Jesus Christ, he takes residency inside of you and your relationship with him is vital for spiritual growth and maturity. The Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit. Now, I got to tell you, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, so I-, I cut my teeth in the back of church pews. I'm third generation uh, Pentecostal preachers' kid, and here's what I can tell you: not everything that gets attributed to the Holy Spirit is really inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Even as the general superintendent of the largest Pentecostal fellowship in the world. I hear things, I see things that people ascribe to the Holy Spirit that I scratch my head and go, I don't think the Holy Spirit really inspired that. It's kind of like a couple years ago during the Christmas holidays, somebody sent me a, a video clip of a service. It was a large church in Houston, Texas. The pastor was preaching a message titled, Scrooge, Santa Claus, or Savior? Who are you gonna worship this Christmas season? Well, when he got to the point on Santa... He was just laying them out. He was talking about the ills of Santa Claus and the secularization of Santa and how it's destroying the fabric of our culture, just, just going after Santa. And then he told the congregation, now bow your head and close your eyes. And when he did that, there was a little old lady in the back of the service that, or the back of the sanctuary. She stood up and she said, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. Lay off Santa Claus. He's a good man doing a good work in our community. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't know if that was spirit-inspired or not. Probably not. But the Holy Spirit, as the third member of the Godhead, who lives inside of you when you said yes to Jesus, is vital for our spiritual growth and formation there are several things about the Holy Spirit that uh, I want to unpack to you today, and we're going to take those thoughts from Romans chapter 8. If you've got your copy of God's Word, whether electronically or in, in uh, paper form, go to Romans chapter 8, and here's what I want you to know about the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit can protect you from yourself and the wrong thinking that the enemy tries to trick you with. The Holy Spirit can protect you from you. And the wrong thinking the enemy tries to trick. Has anybody ever been tricked by the enemy in their thinking? Paul said in Romans eight, verse one, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you do belong to him, watch this, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Those two words, no condemnation, those are powerful words. Actually, those are freeing words. You see, too many people live with things that condemn them. They live with guilt. They live with regret. They live with I wish. Too many people feel they're not worthy enough to get involved in a ministry And yet Paul says, there's no condemnation to those who have the Spirit living inside of them. He goes on to say in verse five, those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Can I just tell you, it's one thing to know you've been set free. It's another thing to live in that freedom. It's one thing to know you, but it's another thing to walk and to practice and to have an understanding. And it is the Holy Spirit that can help sustain you with right thinking in the freedom that the Holy Spirit brings in your life. I know in my life, there is an enemy. The enemy of my soul understands the power of living in freedom that comes through a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and the enemy always tries to cloud my understanding of that. We shouldn't be surprised. He's been doing that work ever since the Garden of Eden. I mean, you think about it. Satan always tries to undermine God's credibility. He always tries to make it hard to live a Christian life. He tries to confuse you with false teaching. He tries to bring division within the body of Christ. He tries to get you to trust in yourself more than in God. Probably why Paul said in Ephesians 6, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers. You know, one of the reasons why we need to have an activated, ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit in our life is because we cannot defeat the enemy just with willpower. We can't defeat the enemy of our soul just with goals and discipline. We need a strength that can only come through the Holy Spirit. You know, this whole idea about being being tricked with wrong thinking, I think comes at every stage and every age in life. So I'm the 13th general superintendent of the Assemblies of God, and the person that I followed was Dr. George Wood, he had two doctorates. He was a lawyer. He was a prolific writer, and Doctor Wood could just sit down and write an article, and you go, "Yes, that works." Or in a, in a tense-filled situation, he could just he could write an expression and just put people at ease. Well, I followed him, and I'm third day in the third day in the office as the superintendent, largest Pentecostal fellowship in the world, and stuff was happening in culture. There was stuff that was happening politically. There was stuff that was happening economically. Stuff that was happening that was going on with race relations. And I had friends calling and telling me, Doug, you need to come out and make a statement about this. I had other friends who said, don't make a statement about it. It'll polarize the church. And some say make a statement, some say don't. Have you ever felt the tension of trying to live up to other people's expectations? So, Lord, what do I do? Do I write something? Do I not write something? And I got desperate. I got desperate. So I did something. I never advised anybody to do this. I've never done it before, never done it since. But I was desperate. Lord, what do I do? I took my Bible that I received when I was ordained as a minister, and I brought it to my desk, and I held it to my desk. I just, I held it like this. I said, oh, God, I believe in your word. I believe you speak through your word, Your word is infallible. Your word is trustworthy. And God, would you just speak to me? And I believe that if I open this Bible, you're gonna to speak to me and I let my Bible fall open. <laughs> well, I took my finger and I plopped it down. And when I looked down, I was in the book of Job. <laughs> I thought, well, God can speak through Job, right? And when I looked down, my finger was near Job 3, verse 25, that says, That which I feared has happened, and what I have dreaded most has come upon me. I said, God, that's not from you. (laughs) So, I grabbed my Bible, and I went to where my devotion reading was that day. I took my phone, I went to Spotify, and I turned on some worship. And while worship was playing, I was reading in the book of Joshua, And in the book of Joshua, I started reading scriptures like, be strong and courageous. Be very strong and courageous. Banish your fear and doubt and remember the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And can I tell you the Holy Spirit in that moment kept me from being tripped up and tricked by the enemy's thinking on what I should do. And I'm here to tell you today that it's the Holy Spirit that can help you starve your doubt and feed your faith when you're going through times, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) He protects you from you and the wrong thinking the enemy will try to trip you with. There's a second truth about the Holy Spirit that I think is important for us to understand, and it's this. The Holy Spirit can give you a sense of contentment for where you're at, even if where you're at is not ideal. I think somebody needs to wrap their understanding around that principle right there. Again, Paul said in Romans 8, verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Mm. I said it earlier, but contentment is not based on our circumstances. Contentment is based on our knowledge of who we are in Christ. We are heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and, the, and God himself, through the person of the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us. You see, I've discovered in my life that whatever space that God gets in my life, I'm going to have peace and contentment in. But whatever space he doesn't have in my life, I'm going to be subject to my emotions, And if any of you ever discovered, your emotions don't always tell you the truth. Your emotions can lie to you at times. But I've never encountered the Holy Spirit lying to me. You say, Doug, how does the Holy Spirit bring me that kind of contentment? Well, several things. Number one, he helps you accept the things you can't control. He helps you trust in God's timing and God's judgment. He helps you surrender ultimately to the control of God. But fourthly, I would encourage you with this thought. One of the works of the Holy Spirit in our life is to make us aware of Jesus. The big job description of the third member of the Godhead is to exalt Jesus. Jesus himself said to his disciples, look, I'm leaving you, I'm going to away, but if I go away, I'm gonna send you another, the Comforter, who will help you become aware of my presence in your life. Presence is huge. Aren't you thankful that that God never has to go anywhere to be there because he's already there? And I think what happened, what what we need to understand is God's not just an omnipresent God, but God, through the person of the Holy Spirit, is a right here, right now, right next to you present God, who the Bible says is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Presence, it's huge. It's huge. I suspect I discovered the power of presence in my oldest grandson, Jackson. All right, so do we have any grandparents in the house? If you're a grandparent, just raise your hand. Let me see your hand. Yeah, isn't grandparenting a blast? We have eight grandchildren from ages 11 down to nine months. I love being a grandparent. Here's what I discovered. The reason why grandparents and grandkids get along so well, we have the same common enemy. their parents. It's true. About four years ago, Jackson and I decided that it would be okay for him to have an overnighter at Papa's house without his parents. Now, it took a lot of convincing of his mom, especially, that this was okay, but we tagged team together, and we brought her into an understanding this would work. I'll never forget the night that I went to pick him up, I pulled in the driveway, and Jackson was standing there with his Spider-Man backpack just stuffed with stuff. He had, he had gummy bears. He had Welch's fruit juice gummy uh, snacks. He had Paw Patrol DVDs. He had his jammies in there. And when I, when I pulled in the driveway, he said, Papa, Papa. I said, Jackson, you ready to come to Papa's house? He said, yeah, I yeah. am. So I walked up to the door. I grabbed his hand. We started walking back to my truck when all of a sudden his mom, My firstborn cleared her throat and said, Dad, Dad, I said, yeah. She handed me a three-by-five card with a set of six very specific instructions. I thought I raised her better than that. (laughs) So I start reading these instructions, and I get down to instruction number three. It says, Dad, comma, after 6 p.m., please make sure you put two parts water, one part apple juice in his sippy cup. Well, I thought, first of all, we don't do mixed drinks at Papa's house. (laughs) We're 100% Dr. Pepper at Papa's house. two parts water. Yeah. Okay, babe, I got it. We got in the truck. I tore that sucker up. I said, come on, Jackson. We're, we're going to have fun. And we did. We had a blast. <laughs> we played wiffle ball. We played hide and go seek outside. We watched Paw Patrol cartoons and had snacks. It was, it was textbook. He got his bath. He got his jammies on. It was going ideal. All of a sudden, a southwest Missouri storm whipped up a lot of thunder and flashing lightning. And I could tell Jackson was just a little anxious. So I said, little buddy, do you want to sleep in Papa's room? He said, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. So I made him a sleeping area just down on my side of the bed, some blankets and pillows. I said, little buddy, lay down. So he'd lay down. Boom, a crack of thunder would hit. He'd pop up. I'd say, you're okay, little buddy. Lay back down and flash of lightning. would. He'd pop back up. This happened about four or five times. Finally, I said something. I don't know where this came from. I don't know who programmed it into me because what I said makes no meteorological sense. It makes no theological sense. It just came out. He pops up, he's anxious. I said, Jackson, listen. You don't have to be afraid of thunder. After all, thunder is nothing more than just God moving his furniture up in heaven. Don't judge me, Grandma. Don't judge me. You would have put Robitussin in that sippy cup, so don't judge me. I got your number. Oh, okay. He lays back down. Next crack of thunder, he doesn't jump up. I'm like, cool, I'll let his kid's pastor work on his theology. I just want him to fall asleep. So, he lays down. I roll over, thinking all's well, and... And just about the time I'm out, a loud, reverberating thunder hits. Just, and come on, grandparents, you know this. We have an extra sense. I could feel a set of eyes just looking at me. I can. And sure enough, when I rolled over, Jackson wasn't standing all the way up. He was just looking above the mattress, just looking above the (laughs) mattress. But his eyes were huge. And I roll over, and I'm about to say something before I could say anything. He says, Papa, you think that I could lay with you till God quits moving his furniture? (laughs) I said, you bet, little buddy. So I picked him up. I plopped him down in bed with me. And in 60 seconds, he was out, out. You know, I couldn't convince that little tyke that the storm on the outside wouldn't hurt him on the inside. But as long as he was in close proximity to Papa, he had a sense of security to be able to rest comfortably to fall asleep. And Westover, can I declare to you, sometimes in life, what you need most is just to get close to Papa, just to let the Holy Spirit remind you of your relationship with him. You need to let the Holy Spirit remind you that we're the sheep of his pasture, the people of his care. You need the Holy Spirit to remind you that God is a refuge, a strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. I can't predict for you that life is going to be hassle-free. I can't predict for you that good people aren't going to disappoint you. I can't predict for you that we're not going to experience more, more restrictions and religious freedoms in our country. But I can promise you this, if you cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit in your life, he will make you aware of the presence of God. God isn't just an omnipresent God. It's right next to you, God who the Holy Spirit enjoys bringing to your awareness so that you can have contentment for where you're at, even if where you're at is not ideal. The Holy Spirit, he protects us from us. He gives us contentment even when our situations aren't ideal. There's a third truth about the Holy Spirit that I would submit to you today, and that's this. The Holy Spirit can bring you into intimate Fellowship with God like you've never experienced. He can bring you into intimate fellowship with God like you've never experienced. Oh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, oftentimes pastors use this verse to close a service. It says something like this, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. I love how the message translation captures this. Watch it. It says, The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Simply put, the Holy Spirit wants fellowship with you And that fellowship with you brings you into an intimacy with God the Father like you've never experienced before. God is not a distant deity that doesn't relate to us. He connects to us by allowing a part of himself through the person of the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And my challenge for you today is this. Don't just let the Holy Spirit dwell in you. Let him reside in you. You say, Pastor Doug, what's the difference? Well, for the past two nights, I've dwelled at a hotel. And I've dwelled there and I've had a key. That key gets me into the room. That key can get me into some workout facilities. That key can, can maybe get me a few snacks at the, at, 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 where they sell some snacks. But I've got limited access as a dweller of that hotel property. But if you were to come to my home in Springfield, Missouri, I reside there. When I reside there, I've got all access. I can go to the refrigerator 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I can go to cupboards. I can go to different things. And my, my, my concluding thought for you today, don't let the Holy Spirit just dwell in you as something you say. Let him reside in you as something you practice. Let him be Lord of your emotions, Lord of your ambitions, Lord over helping you walk through hurts and disappointments and setbacks in life. If you will give freedom for the Holy Spirit to reside in you, he'll protect you from you. He'll give you contentment. And he'll bring you into intimate fellowship with God the Father like you've never experienced before. The Holy Spirit in you. It's critical for spiritual life and spiritual vitality. Hey, let's pray. God, I want to thank you today for the relevancy of your word, the 21st century practical application of a mind that's controlled by the Spirit leads to life and peace. Scriptures that say we don't have to live with condemnation, things that trip us up that you forgive us of. Thank you for scriptures that remind us that we can have intimate friendship, intimate fellowship with God the Father. That's his plan for our life. So I pray that we somehow wouldn't just set aside the Holy Spirit as a theological concept that we don't really comprehend or something that's, well, just designed for charismatic type people. No, the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Godhead, dwells in us, lives in us when we say yes to you. And I pray that we would dial into that frequency and give him full residency in our life. Hey, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, in just a moment, I'm going to lead us in a concluding prayer. But if you're here today in person or if you're watching online, don't toggle away right now. I want you to lean into this moment. I can't imagine doing life without an understanding that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I can't imagine doing life and facing things that we go through, the unpredicted, unanticipated things and some of the planned things without a knowledge that God himself through the personal Holy Spirit lives in me. And yet I'm well aware there's perhaps people in this room who you've never come to the place in your spiritual life where you know for certain that you're a child of God. That you know for certain you've been adopted into God's forever family. That you, you know for certain if you were to die today you would spend eternity in heaven. Come on, can I tell you the first step to cultivating a relationship with God the Father is by inviting Christ into your life. So if you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Clay, would you include me in your final prayer? I wanna know that I know that I'm a child of God. I wanna know that I know my sins are forgiven. I wanna know that I know I'm adopted into his forever family. If that describes you, while everybody has their heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just raise your hand and look at me? Because I wanna include you in my final prayer. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you, several hands. If you're watching online, would you do me a favor? Just do a thumbs-up emoji or something. I don't want you to live with confusion. I don't want you to live with, am I even good enough to have the love of God in my life? You are. Christ demonstrated his love for you by dying on the cross. God demonstrated his love for you by sending his son. And Jesus demonstrates his love for you by saying, you don't have to live alone. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit several hands yeah thank you God bless you thank you thank you here's what I want to do I want to pray just a simple prayer but I'm gonna ask the entire church family to pray and (laughs) I just want you to repeat the prayer out loud after me I'll pray in short phrases but it's a simple prayer that acknowledges we want Christ to be the Savior and the Lord of our lives some of you have prayed a prayer like this before but perhaps for some of you, this is the first time you've ever prayed a prayer like this, and I want you to know this prayer is for you. If you're watching online, I want you to repeat the prayer as well. Come on, Westover, would you repeat after me? Lord Jesus, I do believe you're the Christ, son of the living God, who came from heaven to earth to die for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and establish yourself as my Savior and my Lord. Today, with my mouth I confess and in my heart I believe you're the way, the truth, and the life. I accept your free gift of eternal life in jesus name amen amen hey congratulations congratulations that's a great place to clap so good if you prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer, this church wants to help you grow in your relationship with god and discover what it means to have intimate friendship with god the father